Hey everyone, this is the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am podcast presented by FantasyNational.com slash TJ where you can get 20% off your membership and at the end of tonight's podcast during our segment, Just the Tip, we're going to talk about some creative or maybe lesser known ways that you can leverage Fantasy National when playing DFS or betting on golf. It's going to be good. Obviously, we're going to make some picks. We're going to talk about strategy when it's a 54-hole cut Pro-Am event like we've got this week. We're going to talk about the golf courses. And big news, the Nut Hut is live on TourJunkies.com. You better get with it. The Nut Hut is going to be the best community in golf. We're excited about it. Please go and sign up. And we also have groundbreaking industry news about the Players' Championship that you do not want to miss. Yes, we do have some Skybox tickets still available for the Players' Championship. But aside from that, huge news. We're excited about it. We hope you will be too. Check it out. Let's get to it. We're the two at two. What's going on, golf addicts? David Barnett here of the Tour Junkies, otherwise known as DB. Mr. Patrick H. Perry. Is that right? Yeah, that's is right. Is it H? Is yeah. it Herbert? Is it Herbert? <laughs> Herbert? What's your middle name? What's my son's name? Oh, Harrison. That's right. Mr. Patrick Harrison Perry joining me. He is my faithful sidekick. And uh, if you're watching us live on YouTube, he has a ginormous white privilege visor hat on. So, uh, what's up, Pat? How you doing, buddy? What's the drink tonight? Love the polo, by the way. And uh, welcome to everyone listening, and especially welcome to everyone joining in live on YouTube. Well, yeah, I got a little uh, little vodka drink uh, transfusion. So, uh, yeah, going back. You get ready for spring. You ready? You ready for the days to get longer? Spring to kick in. I am. I am. Been playing a little more golf um, lately. I'm mixing it up a little bit tonight, Pat. I am uh, I am drinking straight tequila on the rocks mm. with uh, with an orange slice. That's one of my new favorites. Just a little just gonna sip it tonight. Just sip it straight tequila on the rocks, little orange slice. By the way, if uh, any listeners just wanna send us something for being for being good to them. Uh, I will take Casamigos. A, a good Casamigos reposado is something I'm I'm really into right now. It's it's becoming it's about to become. If it wasn't so expensive, it would be a regular podcast juice. But it is what, what is white. it? What is it per bottle? Like fifty bucks a bottle? For like the the smaller bottle, like the mid-sized Tito's bottle, not like the handle, but like an equivalent to that mid-size. It's like yeah, it's like thirty-eight bucks. Hmm. Stupid. Anyway, hey Pat, tonight is the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am from lovely uh, California. It's, uh, it's, it's, an, it's an event. It's on the calendar. It's not something we get super jacked up about, but uh, you know, nonetheless, here we are. Man. You know what I mean? Like, you all right? Yeah, I thought I had a booger hanging out for a second there, and I was like, oh wait, we're on live YouTube. I need to make sure. You want to go ahead and take care of that off, uh, off screen here? You need yeah, to let me, let me handle that? Anyway, um, 
What's up, everybody? You're gathering in on the YouTube channel. We appreciate that. Thanks for joining in. We are going to get right to it here with the course breakdown, key stats, some strategy discussion with this format. Um, we're going to talk through our picks, and uh, we're excited tonight. We have we have a, a, a our our ending segment tonight is going to be just the tip. We're bringing that back. That was something we did in the fall. It was a lot of fun. Normally, we include you know something like uh, a tip for for betting on golf or for playing daily fantasy golf. So just, you know, a good little nugget. Maybe something that we don't always cover on the show. So whether you're a beginner or intermediate, uh, especially, you will likely benefit from that. So you're going to want to stick around for just the tip tonight. Uh, it's going to be a good one. But, Pat, I before we get out of the way, before, before we get into the course breakdown, the Nut Hut is officially mm. live. We've been talking about it for a couple weeks. Boom. Golby's Nut Hut is live it is our online 24-7 chat room community on tourjunkies.com where at any point you can log into the Nut Hut and communicate with fellow Nut Hut members of the Tour Junkie site as well as me and Pat. Our boy Ben Little who is a, uh, the, the author of The Chalk Bomb and very much a very smart numbers nerd. He's very way smarter smart. than me and Pat. Yeah. So if you, if you think me and Pat are just dumb and you don't like our, our process because you're too intellectual... Get in there and chat with Ben. Uh, he's he's an expert there. Yeah. If you're really big into the European tour, Ash Morrison, our European tour guy, is going to be in there. Uh, it, it is going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to have scheduled chat sessions every single week, probably multiple times a week. Me and Pat are really excited about this. Pat, you've been doing this over on Roto Grinders site for a couple years now. We are done with that. If you listen, if you were on the Roto Grinders chat room for the last couple years, we've enjoyed it. Thank you. But we are out. So we're bringing it in-house so pat you're uh you're gonna have to take your you, you know taking your talents home I'm, I'm excited about it it's gonna be good yeah I'm, I'm excited about it too it's it's been something i've liked doing for roto grinders but i'm i'm very excited for this um the chat room is just fun it gets it you know and i i'm always wednesday night i'm gonna have pour me a few drinks and it just yeah you never know what you're gonna get out of me yeah, i'm gonna get you some good website. information yeah. Like we could talk we could talk about whatever we want. So, yeah. you know, rotor grinders, we really had to make sure we police ourselves, especially Pat. And but now we can just talk about whatever we want. I mean, I'm sure golf's gonna be a big topic, but we may talk about anything else, you know, all kind of stuff. Um mm -hmm. some of the other benefits of joining the Nut Hut include a lifetime uh, as long as you're a member, uh discount in the Tour Junkies uh, online store. You get a twenty percent discount on anything you buy in the Tour Junkies shop. Um, you get, oh, I'm excited about this, Pat. This will be fun. Siwoo Kim inspired us with this. Yeah. If you're a member, once a month, you may request a video from either me or Pat, kind of cameo style, where we will, we, will, we will make a video either for you or for a member of your family or a friend or somebody that you play golf with or against or whatever you want to do, real, real golf, DFS, betting, relationship advice, whatever you want us to do, you tell us what you want, and we will make that video and email it to you. That is that is a benefit you get. I don't know if I would call it a benefit. I guess we're technically we're calling it a benefit. Can can I have can I make a guess on this benefit? I sure. think I'm gonna get end up getting more requests than you. Yes, do. you are. I think I, I mean, think so too. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, you're gonna get uh, you know, a big thing in the Nut Hut is, if not weekly, very frequently, we will share all of our inside information from our PGA Tour caddies and coaches in the Nut Hut chat on Wednesdays or as it comes to us. Uh, we can update you throughout the week as we hear things from players. Um, 
you know, like, for example, Friday night after Joel Damon made his cut on Friday, miraculously, if people didn't see that, it was pretty miraculous that he made his cut. It was amazing, yeah. We were texting with Joel about that, and, uh, you know, had you been a member of the Nut Hut, we probably would have told you, hey, that's awesome that Joel made the cut on on Friday, but you may not want to play him in a showdown slate, because... He doesn't really want to play golf right now. And so you would have known that, and, and maybe we would have saved you some, some money. Yeah. Uh, you're also going to get first access to any events that we do, like meetups, golf tournaments, hospitality events at the tour that we're working with. Um, it's going to be awesome. And, and then we also hope to bring some exclusive promo codes for even deeper discounts with future TJ sponsors. It's going to be a lot of fun. We just want a cool community. It's $10 a month for all of that, or $90 a year. That's it. It's very easy. You can cancel at any time and get your money back. It's super easy. We, we would love for you guys to join in. You can go to tourjunkies.com, click on Golby's Nut Hut. You'll create an account, and uh, you'll be logged in. It'll be a good time. I'm excited about it. Pat, do you have any other comments on the Nut Hut tonight? No, that's all I got. But it's uh, you know we've gotten to preview it. We've got a few people already on it today, and uh, so I'm excited to get, get rolling with it. Yeah, somebody already, Matt is commenting in the YouTube chat. He's having trouble logging in. His email already already exists. That is true. If you've ever ordered anything from us before, it actually used that email that you you put in when you ordered. It it uses that and gives you an account already. So just go in and do a reset on the password or use a different email address. So there you go. Um, That's enough of the Nut Hut, Pat. I'm excited about it. We'll probably talk about that again. Um, Let's get into the courses breakdown for yet another multi-course rotation Pro-Am event. And also Josh Kistler said the booger that was in your nose is now on your knuckle. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Clean knuckles. I can verify. Actually clean knuckles. Good job. I did have a cut on this knuckle. Made you look. Made you look, I guess. Anyway, all right. Um, So, yeah, we are. this is the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am this week in Monterey Peninsula, California. Um... Yeah, three courses, and you. Did you forget where we were for a second. Are you good? Yeah, I was. I just was down for a second. I was feeling depressed about three courses for a second there. 156 <laughs> players this week in the field. They will cut it after 54 holes, so they'll get three rounds again, just like we did a few weeks ago at a pro am event, and it will be the top 60 in ties Ooh, after the 54. Yeah, that is important to know after that 50, those 54 holes. Of course, you, you got you mentioned it. You got the pro-am narrative. You got some slow play, whatever. Um, but let's just talk about the courses. Pebble Beach is obviously the uh, the main course, the one they will play twice if they make the cut on Sunday. It is a par 72. Uh, by the way, it played as a par 71 at the U.S. Open. So if you happen to kind of uh, look back at the, at the U.S. Open scorecard and those stats, the reason it did is because number two played as a par 5 instead of a par 5, which it will play this week. And um, what, did I say that right? Number two played as a par four, uh, but it will play I as a par know. five this week. Anyway, um, 6,816 yards, so not very long. Look, this is a second short golf course. Second shot. Golly, I need to get it together. I can't even talk. This is a second shot golf course. You know, these fairways aren't that difficult to hit, but you, you've got to, I mean, you've got to be precise with your irons into these greens. I mean, the the Pebble Beach has tiny, tiny greens, the smallest greens on tour. So it is going to be key. Uh, that makes strokes gain approach, something you're definitely going to want to look at, and scrambling because they're going to miss like these the greens. the size of Shakira's 
uh, reproductive system we saw last night in the <laughs> Super Bowl. Anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, I mean, you saw, like, especially, it's, and scrambling's going to be big here, too. You saw, like, at the U.S. Open, I mean, Gary Woodland and Justin Rose just scrambled their asses off in that tournament. And that was, and they obviously, you know, Gary Woodland won it. Um, but these these greens can be pretty tricky. They're not going to be running very fast. They'll be about ten and a half on the stump. Uh, I think that a lot of that is because of this is a pro-am and they just can't get it too quick, but they are kind of tricky, so um, definitely got to have experience on these these Poana greens. Spyglass Hill is the other one they'll play. It's 7,035 yards. It's a par 72. Uh, Poana greens, by the way, all these have Poana greens, so I'm not going to mention that again. Um, I think Spyglass is probably the most difficult, actually, or sneaky maybe difficult the, yeah. in this rotation. Um but all all par fives here um, played under par last year, and, and they're gettable. So I think that you, that's where you're definitely going to be able to score. Look, we mentioned this the last time we had three courses. Instead of 12, you're actually going to have 11 shots on these par fives, and you've got to be able to score. And the reason you only have 11 is because Monterey Peninsula is a weird just setup as far as it's a par 34 on the front and a par 37 on the back with three par fives all on the back. Um, but they're also ones that you can score on as well. Now, this these greens here at Monterey Peninsula, they actually tend to speed them up a little bit more. They'll be running around 12 on the stint meter, according to the PGA Tour site. So a little bit quicker on that course. Um, but they got larger greens. They can, they can tend to get them up a little bit quicker there. Um, I think one thing I read, um, just looking at, you know, the – leading up to the event this week that I thought was interesting is there has been 10 inches of rainfall from November 21st, 25th to December 31st, which has made the course much wetter than normal. So I think that makes it where, you know, you look at these greens, they're probably going to be a little softer than they might normally be. Um, but I don't think the weather this week is going to call, you know, there's not much rain, not much wind at all, pretty easy conditions. So they're going to be able to score on all three of these courses this week. Uh, I mentioned scrambling uh, and stroke. Go ahead. Go, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I mentioned back. scrambling and strokes gained approach as uh, important stats that I'm going to look at. Always course history in recent form and definitely par five scoring as well. Past champions here. You had Mickelson last year, his third win at this tournament. Ted Potter in 2018, Jordan Spieth in 17, Vaughn Taylor in 16, and Brant Snedeker in 2015. DJ's back, by the way, and he has won this tournament twice in 2009 and in 2010, and almost a couple other times recently. So he's obviously uh, plays this course pretty well. So there you go. That is the course breakdown. Man, I hate freaking three courses, but there you yeah. go. YouTube listener Daniel Johnson said, name three horrible things you'd prefer to do rather than experience yet another multi-course event. <laughs> There's a lot of things. Um, I would rather watch that Super Bowl halftime show again. I would rather um, I would rather listen to the guy that performed in the half show, Ali G. I would rather listen to him for 12 hours straight. I thought that was Bad Bunny. I'm pretty sure it was Ali G. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it was Bad Bunny. I'm. Pr I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure it wasn't Bad Bunny. No, Bad Bunny was in the show. Was it him? Yeah. I thought Bad Bunny was a black guy. Can Can somebody fact check that? Um, I was gonna say this about the weather. Um, 
first of all, obviously, we're sitting on the peninsula, so weather can change. Weather can Very definitely true. play a factor. Uh, so that's going to matter. Come Wednesday night, obviously, in the Nut Hut, we'll be talking through some of that and what we see, what we notice. Um, but just looking at early predictions, it looks to be a cooler year to me. Like the temperatures are peaking at like 60. But in the morning, you're going to be in your, you know, they're going to be teeing off in the 40s. Um, a little cooler temperatures. Um, I think that's interesting. And when you I don't know if it's that, necessarily cooler than normal, but. It's not. I don't know. I don't. We don't live on the West Coast, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think it always tends to be chilly. You always see these guys teeing off in the morning with their sweaters on and then kind of shedding them in the afternoons. Um, maybe not, but it's it's not really calling for a whole lot of rain, and the wind is down from what I'm seeing. Like, nothing higher than 8, 9 miles an hour, which is... Now, like you said, what is it they call F it? me running. Mother... The fact that you knew a rapper bef- that I didn't, uh, that I wasn't aware of, is God, I thought is I, I thought you you were maddening. like about to you, I thought you were about to shut the show down for a second. Like what? I mean, it was Bad Bunny. I I know. I said it was Bad Bunny. I I am like so disappointed in myself right now. I could I could chug this whole tequila. I don't know. Um. Anyway, God. Very distracting. Yeah, the wind doesn't look to be a big deal, except on Sunday. Sunday looks like it could get kind of gnarly, um, but we're gonna want to we're gonna want to watch that because that, like I said, that can change very quickly. That can move to Saturday. I mean, God knows what it could do. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. I would like to know what the maybe we'll look that up before Wednesday night and talk through kind of some historical temperatures there. That feels cool to me. Plus, when you talk about how soft the course is because of all the rain. You know, typically you look at this golf course and it's not, it does, it does take bombers out of the hand. Like it's, I mean, take, take driver out of the, out of the hands of some of these long hitters. It's not a super long course, as you mentioned, length isn't as much of an advantage. I still think that's definitely true, but, um, I I don't know, like if it's playing a little cooler and if it's that soft, it may be an interesting contrarian kind of move come Wednesday night when you're setting DFS lineups to maybe look at some of the bombers that some people are overlooking or not interested in. Um, So, yeah, I agree with you on Spyglass. I think Spyglass is historically a little tougher uh, than people think. I think between that and Pebble, they're very similar. We obviously know Monterey Peninsula is the easiest. So if you're looking at first-round leader bets or showdown slates or anything like that, Monterey Peninsula is definitely the easiest, without a doubt, hands down. That's that's your easier golf course. So, yeah, um, small greens... I thought something that was funny is, you know, if you go, and you can get this from the PGA Tour website, but you can get the, the statistics and, you know, kind of like uh, just from the superintendents, like where, you know, what mm-hmm. they think the stint meter is going to be and all that kind of stuff. And it'll give you average green, all these little things about the greens and everything. And they'll tell you how many water hazards are on the course. So for Pebble Beach, I love what they put. It says number of water hazards. And they don't give a number. It just says Pacific Ocean. <laughs> There's, there's no number, <laughs> just Pacific Ocean. Oh, that's nice. Anyway, the whole Pacific Ocean. So yeah, um, you just gotta watch out for that entire Pacific Ocean. It's it's a nasty hazard. It'll grab a ball in a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think you were you hit on something important there for me too, and that's scrambling, being able to get up and down because these greens, some of them can be pretty 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 small. So, um, being able to get up and down, I do think is important. 
I looked at um, I looked at the strokes gain around the green recently over the last 24 rounds. I obviously looked at strokes gain putting on POA over the last 100 rounds, taking that long-term average. Um, and then I looked at a little thing that I really like on Fantasy National. We're going to talk about Fantasy National a little bit, but when you build your model in Fantasy National, you can build in mixed conditions. So um, I actually, instead of just looking at course history alone, I looked at Strokes gain ball striking. So that's strokes gain off the tee in addition to strokes gain approach, leaving out around the green. So just, you know, hitting off the tee and your approach shots. I looked at strokes gain ball striking on um, Pebble Beach only over the last, you know, five years. Um, since Pebble Beach is the only place you're going to actually get any strokes gain data because that's the only course with shot link. And then I looked at greens and regulation gained on Monterey Peninsula and Spyglass Hill because you do get that data over the last five years. Uh, just kind of looking at, at, you know, tee to green, who looks comfortable here, who plays this place really well tee to green. I think that's interesting uh, and a cool feature of Fantasy National. And you can join Fantasy National right now. FantasyNational.com slash TJ gets you 20% off the membership, weekly, monthly, or annual memberships you pick. If you, get, if you use the discount and you get the 20% off the monthly and then you decide, man, this thing is awesome, I'm going to go ahead and get a year, guess what? You still get the 20% off the year membership. So support the Tour Junkies. Go to fantasynational.com slash TJ and sign up if you've not already. I know a ton of you have. I think we have. I think more people have joined Fantasy National than almost anything else uh, because of Tour Junkies. So I know a lot of you guys are on it. We've used it for years. Love Moose. He's doing great work over there. And I... I just talked to him today. He's got some sneaky new features coming out that I'm really excited about. So, uh, looking forward to that. So, I think that I think that about covers it, Pat. We ready to get into the picks here? Yeah, I am ready. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna have some shockers. You know, a little bit of shockers tonight. So, obviously, you got the pro am format. We could talk about you know the fact that. These are going to be long rounds, uh, long days. You're going to have amateurs whacking it all over the place. Um, so patience required. I think a lot of the guys that you see here that, that come often clearly don't mind it. Uh, I read some quotes earlier today of pe people that actually enjoy it, um, that kind of enjoy playing with the same pro-am partner every year and kind of enjoy the yeah. time, enjoy the laid-back atmosphere. Uh, I think there's definitely a question mark on a few guys, whether they truly enjoy it or not. But uh, – you know, you're, you're going to have long rounds. You're going to have the pro-am factor. That's definitely a thing to think about, to consider. Um, but from DFS perspective, you know, six of six is important, but it's you get less benefit out of six of six this week because you really only get that one extra round. And if you look at the weather right now, it looks pretty hairy on Sunday. If that stays the same, you know, that may not benefit you all that. I mean, it's going to benefit you, but it's not going to have the same impact that getting 6-6 six six through a regular 36-hole cut event would give you. So for that reason, I definitely think being aggressive, I think, um, you know, making some hard calls and, like, plant your flag on some guys. Be aggressive. There's a lot of value in the 7s and 6K. Um, I think you can rock that. Now, you know, clearly that means that your contrarian move is probably going to be uh, to make a whole lineup with kind of the mid-price guys, uh, which you can do. But uh, I would just say, you know, let's let's let the nuts hang a little bit. You know, the, the the nut hut is opening this week. Let's let the boys dangle and let's play some. You know, let's get real with it. You know what I mean? You yeah, agree? I do. I agree. I think this is a week where, and I'll, you'll probably notice it maybe in some of my picks that I'm going to get a little more aggressive and I'm going to 
I'm going to take some risk on some guys, and they're not all guys that are going to be, you know, matching up course history, recent form, stats, all of that matches up. It's just, you know, that's probably not going to be the case for me. I'm, I'm going to kind of pick and choose a little bit here, and uh, and I'm going to go with my gut a little a little bit as well, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah. I, you know, this is, I think you can do that a little more in a tournament like this where you know you got three rounds. Um, it's not quite like you get with a WGC event and like a shorter field and they get four rounds and stuff like that. But I, I sometimes have a little bit of that mindset going into a week like this. So yeah, not not all I, not full on, but just just that's in the back of my mind. So and I mean just look at just look at guys who played well here in the past. I mean Ted Potter Jr., Vaughn Taylor winning here. You mm-hmm. know you can get long shot winners here. That's that's another thing to consider both in DFS and betting in general. You can get long shot winners. I looked at uh, at a course history stat on strokes gained for players who have played at least six rounds at Pebble Beach. And guys near the near, in the top ten, Nate Lashley, Aaron Wise, Tim Wilkinson, Ryan Armour, Ted Potter. like Guys like that can pop up and, and do well here. So uh, take that into consideration when you're, when you're thinking about lineup construction um, and, and just, uh, yeah, go from there. Personally, weeks like this annoy me, so I think we're on the record for that. I will likely take a little bit off the bankroll this week um and and maybe save it for next week i'm excited about next week which i believe is the genesis um that's correct but riviera next week yeah so you know do what you want uh, but let's let's get into it we're going to give you three tournament plays uh in the 9k and above range one cash lock and a fade by the way i just gotta say like i'm a little annoyed like i think i said this a couple weeks ago we've had some really good picks so far this year like we, we've done well okay and and I don't get any we don't get any of the chirping on Twitter. I don't understand it. Like all these other I, I'm I'm I've got some FOMO here. Like we should get more love on Twitter if we nail it. Like you guys want to come at us if we fuck it up, but you don't want to you don't want to do anything if we nail it. Like give us some love. You know what I mean? Like I needed I needed some affirmation on the Hovland call last week. Freaking I looked at the $444 last week, the ownership Victor Hovland was 15% owned, and Matt Wolf was 25% owned in the 444. So that's all your sharp money, your big money, you know. And they, they both trunk slammed, you know. Like, give me a freaking break. Like, let's let's if we if we do this right, give us some love, people. I'm tired of this. Um, all right, let's get into it. Pat, I am gonna start. I'm gonna jump around here. I'm gonna hit the chalk, and I'm gonna go Jason Day and Brant Snedeker uh, to start it off for me. Um, I like both. I love the the the, the records here. I love the uh, around the green play here. Um, their ball striking at Pebble, their greens and regulation to Monterey Peninsula and uh, Spyglass are both very good over the last few years. Both excellent POA putters, uh, and I like the price relative to the guys above them. Um, so I'm going to start off with the chalk, and I'm going to go Jason Day and Snedeker. I'm going to go ahead and say Snedeker is going to be a cash lock for me. I'll eat that chalk. Uh, clearly, this means that uh, I don't really like as much the guys above him. Dustin Johnson will be my fade here at 11-6, coming home from Abu Dhabi in a huge time change. Um, at 11-6, I think I'll pass. Like, obviously, DJ plays great here. He's comfortable here. I totally, you know, see him finishing top 20, top 25. Uh, but in DFS, I, I'd want more than that out of DJ, and I'm not ready to commit to that yet. Um, coming off of Abu Dhabi. Just just not interested when I can get Day and Snedeker right there. Now, 
I move through those quickly to get to this final play because I think it could be uh, maybe a, a mind-blowing play. I can't remember the last time I recommended him, but I've, I'm going to go ahead and play Jordan Spieth at $9,000. <laughs> yeah. I'm, okay. I, I'm going to play Jay, uh, Jordan Spieth at $9,000, checks the box in putting over the last 100 rounds on POA, Checks the box in around the green over the last 24 rounds. Now, obviously, he doesn't check the box with his irons and approach lately. It's been quite poor. But uh, best in the field in strokes game, ball striking, and greens and regulation gained at this event over the last four or five years. Now, what's interesting is I looked last week at the waste management where he missed the cut, and I was surprised to see that his worst strokes gain category was putting last week. He lost nearly three strokes putting last week which is a little unusual for jordan i could have told you that just because i had him and i just a, a, one yeah of my I, didn't best lineups, so. I didn't have him but he was dead neutral on approach and he actually gained a stroke off the tee which i think is rather shocking the last time he gained so so since we've had strokes gained data now he played he played four events in the fall that we had no strokes gained data but the last event that he has gained strokes off the tee, Pat, was in July for the Open Championship. That was the last event he's gained strokes off the tee, and last week he gained one stroke at the Waste Management. I think that is an interesting thing to look at. Now, obviously, Jordan's ownership has dropped a lot lately, um, just you know, as we've seen him suck. But uh, I do think it's, it's interesting. Um, maybe this is a week that you you get in a little early on Jordan, you know? I mean, maybe you're getting in before it hits. I don't know. Like, what do you think about Jordan's ownership and that play in general as he is my final pick in this range in terms of a tournament play? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, for Jordan, especially, I mean, coming off a miscut, I don't know. I I think his ownership's going to be low. It continues to be low, and nobody likes playing him right now, and they're not going to like him at that price. Um I think what worries me is I don't think he's going to play well on on Pebble. I just think I just feel I don't feel like that, but he's going to I feel like he could really play good on the other two courses, but I don't I don't really like him on Pebble, um especially with those small greens and Well, I, just, I mean, okay, in the last 20 in his last 24 rounds at Pebble, only at Pebble, he is 17th in this field in ball striking at Pebble. I wonder though how much that skewed towards when he won a few years ago. I mean, uh, like okay. like when he was in a, yeah. in the prime of his career and hitting the ball better than he has. Like if you took yeah. the last, if you like if you took that number that you're looking at because I, I can't do it right now, but if you took that and just went the last two years or included the U.S. Open, although I, I don't know if I include the U.S. Open, I didn't include the, the course, U.S. Open. The course played a lot different. They they narrow those fairways a lot more, and and that's key for him too. But so I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I don't hate the play. I mean, you know me. I mean, I think I'm kind of shocked to hear you say that you're going to play him, but I, I don't mind it. I at mean, all. and then here's here's what you get out of Jordan. Like he's still he's still scoring a lot. If you look at his round, he's making a lot of birdies. No, he's, he's just, yeah, he can score. But then he's yeah, then he's going to make a double somewhere that's pissed. I think he's a perfect play for a format like this. Like if if I'm going to try to jump on Jordan early before he brings it all back together, this is the type of format I would want to do that on. When I'm and guaranteed 54 I, you probably mentioned out. this, but I think Poa is a really good surface for him, right? Yeah, I mean he's uh, 
in this field over the last hundred rounds, uh, he is fifteenth in the field. Yeah, so that's good. Now, obviously, he's field. a good putter in, anyway, but yeah, but still, I mean, so I'm, I'm I'm with you there. The one that surprised me was Jason Day. I can't. I would, he, so he's one of my plays as well. I, I didn't think you were going to go Day. And I don't know if – I didn't even think he might be chalky. I mean, I know he's – now, he's chalky from a historical standpoint on this course. But I don't know if he's chalky and a chalky play in general. Like, I mean, we haven't seen him. I mean, he was 4.7% owned at the Farmers. Uh, before that, the OHL back in the fall, he was 6% owned. Um I mean, he's just—he's been low owned like every tournament. His, the but last, were people like, waiting on him? But were people waiting to see what happened at the Farmers, where he finished sixteenth? I mean, because I, I don't know. I can tell you this: yeah. if I can get him at less than ten percent owned this week, oh, I'm all about. I'd be it. thrilled. I—I I, yeah. I think he's going to jump up, though. I think yeah. he'll be above that. So I'm, I'm with you on—I'm with you on him. Um, Sneds was—I was—I almost about had him in my fade category. For a little bit, I just I don't really like that price at ten one. That worries me a, a little bit. Um, I know he's a course horse and everything and whatever. And he's else, playing well, you know. He's he's playing well. Well, he's he did, yeah, horse. but he missed a cut last week. So I mean, uh, that's not a course for him, man. I tell you, that that place is a bomber's paradise. But I mean, I, I that, agree with you there. The that, farmers, this is a much better course fit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I like Patrick Cantlay a ton this week at ten nine. I'm okay with paying the paying for him. I cannot freaking talk tonight. Yeah, you can't. Um, what do you think about him coming over from Abu Dhabi? Didn't he coming over? No, he played. Um, no, he played Abu Dhabi. He didn't play Saudi Arabia. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. So he's Saudi had two, he's yeah. had a week off. That's right. He's had a couple. Yeah. yeah so no, he weeks. did not play Saudi Arabia. That was one thing I looked at actually, because when I was looking at him, I was thinking, did he play Saudi Arabia? And maybe I, I I might fade him because of that. But no, he did not. So he's had a week off. I mean, you look at the stats for him. He's he's obviously checking boxes. I mean, he's he's fifth in the field. Not a great polo putter. He's not, but he is. You know, he's fifth in the field in strokes gain approach. Checks a box around the green, uh, opportunities gain, par five scoring, great ball striker. I mean, everything about him has been great lately. I, I just, I think Cantlay is a, I think Cantlay is a can't miss play this week. At 10-9. Okay. <laughs> um, what else do I got for you? I am going to also play. Coming off Saudi Arabia. With a third-place finish, Phil Mickelson at $9,500. Yep. Okay. Get three rounds out of him. I'm not worried about... uh, We know he's got the course history. Obviously, he won here last year. I am not worried about the fact that he's coming from Saudi Arabia, and here's why. Phil Mickelson has played this course so many damn times, he does not need... He can can play nine holes on Wednesday and be fine. He does not need like to get all these courses in and play all these practice rounds and do whatever. He's got plenty of experience here. I think he yeah. thrives it's, in events. It's more about the it's more about the effect it would have on his body coming from. Yeah, Saudi but Arabia, I think he's well. He's I'm sure he's back by now. It's not like it takes eighty hours to get back to from Saudi Arabia. Maybe maybe it does. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I'm not a world traveler <laughs> like you are. You've been to Africa, um, but I mean. I just don't think the preparation is something that's huge for him this week that, that that he has to have. He obviously performs well on this course. He's done it time and time again. 
Um, I think he thrives also in the pro-am environment. I mean, you know, he's just he likes hamming it up probably with his with his partners. He's probably more relaxed, things like that. Checks the box on uh, Poana Greens. He is third in the field over the last hundred rounds, uh, putting on Poana. Um, and I like that third place finish last week. I mean, he showed that he's 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 playing a little better. I mean, he's, he was. It's not like it was okay. a terrible field. So I like him. And then this is where I was talking about in the in the open about taking a little bit of risk. And I think he's certainly going to be low owned. So I like some some Philly Mick at ninety five hundred. Um, so Cantlay, Mickelson, and Day are my GPP plays. My fade's going to be Cooch. I'm going back to Cooch. I just I don't. I don't like where he's at right now as far as the, what I've seen from what? him. Making top um, tens and top fifteens, you don't like that? No, he's You're not, not a big fan. You're not a big no, fan. No. Okay. Sixteenth at the waste management. Okay. Yeah. Um fourteenth well, gotta... tournament champions, but that's a thirty field thirty man field event. <laughs> Has not been playing good. And you look at the stats, let's throw, let's throw the stats out on Cooch. I mean I gotta say, you know your your fantasy golf sommelier article that that hit last week. Uh, if you're not if you're not w- reading that, people, it's a good read. Pat is shockingly good at it. It's kind of funny. It's informative uh, on alcohol, wine, what have you. Uh, but then also the players. Last week you nailed every pick except for a Kucher fade. You know you nailed it. Um, so props to you for that. That was that was good. And you had you had some you had some pivots on there too. You had some bold calls. So if you guys aren't reading that, you need to check that out. I typically look. I don't. I try to make that article not be where I'm just. This is a good go with, I'm not. I'm not going to just pick guys that everybody else is picking. And by Wednesday, I've already been able to see like who I'm. You know who's who's everybody looking at on Twitter and whatever else. So or Tuesday when I try to get it out. But it usually comes out Wednesday morning. Yeah, it never. Um, but I mean, look at. I mean, Cooch was 16th last week, and he was what, 9,500, 9,800. I don't. I mean, is that what you want out of that price? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'd take a T16 out of a 9,800 guy. Yeah, I would take that. I don't know. I, I think you can fade Cooch this week. I'm okay, okay. At, at, at his price. I don't like him. Who's your um, cash play? Who'd you say was cash? Uh, who was my cash play? By the way, our cash plays last week, freaking nails. Like, and nobody's on Twitter going, hey, thanks, guys. I doubled up because of you boys and your cash plays. Like, God, I mean, what's going on? Um, who was your cash play? Snedeker. Oh, I just, I can't get behind Snedeker in cash. Matter of fact, okay. actually, I'm, I'll, I'll have uh, Paul Casey in cash, just above him. Obviously went down to the wire with Paul Casey last year and Phil Mickelson here at this tournament. Uh, I think he's just got like the perfect type game for all of these courses. Um, so I like Paul Casey at 10-5. I think I'll go with him in cash. Um, you, you do save a little bit of money going down to Snedeker. Um, but there's the guys in that 9K range, I just don't really see anybody that looks like a great cash play to me, you know? Yeah, not, I don't know about cash. I mean, G Max interesting, but I I don't know about him coming from Abu Dhabi. I mean, Saudi Arabia. Anybody coming from Saudi kind of scares me a little bit. Just I get that they've got a few days. It's just a lot. Um, but I do like. I mean, I you know, think G-Mac, if there's anybody in this range that Brandon you, Grace, you yeah. wouldn't have to worry about from a Saudi standpoint is Mickelson. That I mean, that guy's been through ev- anything and everything you can think of with traveling for golf. So if you're worried about Mickelson of, in his traveling, like Victor Hovland last week, 
Yes, you could worry about him from his traveling. As a matter of fact, I got kind of sold on that later in the He's week. He's freaking 14 years old. Like He should be fine. What are you talking about? Him, him traveling is way different than Mickelson traveling, who does it, who's done it for thirty something years. I'm just saying Hovland's like a young. I'm just saying he's young. Like that's all. Um, that's all I'm saying. All right, let's 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 move on. All right, good. Eight uh, K range to me, this was actually the, definitely the easiest range for me to pick. Um, and and I'll, you know, and I can get down with a, a few guys that I'm not going to mention, but my two favorites in this range came very clear to me, both both at my initial glance, but also when I dug into the numbers. Um, and that is Burger, starting off at 8,900. I've been riding that Burger train, baby, and you're just starting to jump on it. And I think it's you know it should be paying off for some of you people. There's another one like, I mean, yeah, I guess some people have been talking about Burger, you know, since I don't know, like. Yes, last week. But I mean, I, I was talking him up in the fall. I got on him for, you know, for the Amex. He's been low owned. He finishes. He backdoors a top ten last week on Sunday. Uh, I think Berger's a really interesting play. He's got really good numbers here. Tee to green as well, um, at Pebble and and the, the other two courses. So uh, I think Berger is great. Is a great play here at eighty nine hundred. Puts well on Poa. Then I'm going to drop down to Adam Hadwin at eighty one hundred. Tremendous putter. Uh, also with a really good ball striking record here and uh, in good form. Burger's also at 40 to 1 on my bookie. Hadwin's at 50 to 1 if you want to start off the betting card there. Hadwin is a no brainer cash play for me. I mean, I would play both of them in cash. I guess I just kind of landed on Hadwin because I went a little heavier with the Snedeker play at 10, whatever he is, 10 1. So from a cash perspective, I felt like, you know, going down a little bit. But if. If you want to play somebody in the 9K and then pair them up with Burger and Cash, I don't mind that either. I like both of these guys that much. Uh, that was a pretty easy call for me. And then uh, my, my fate is going to be Cam Champ here at 8800 Do not like the price for Cam Champ. I would literally take any other player here. And I know Champ's been playing a little bit better. Um, but, you know, this is, this is not... Even with the possibly cooler temperatures, even with, you know, maybe a softer golf course, this is still gonna take driver out of his hand a lot um and uh he's also historically a wretched scrambler uh strokes gained around the green numbers for him both in the short term and since he came out on tour are all in the negative he's not a good scrambler if he misses greens uh here he's gonna be he's gonna be in trouble so um despite the good form from champ you know i think if you look at those golf courses versus what pebble is going to present I'm not a fan of Cam Champ, so I think that's a. I think that range is pretty pretty straightforward for me. Okay, well, Cam Champ is not necessarily. Uh, you know, he's been low owned like every single week, so it's not like that's a bold call. But I, I like I, I like the call. It's a good call. Um, I don't recall saying it was a bold call, but maybe. Well, I mean, it's maybe, just a fade. It's just a fade, but yeah, well, like, it's just a fade. I mean, who, so who would be a bold fade in this range? Teach me. Like, what are you, who are you gonna fade? Kurt Kitayama? Is that your fade? No, that's an. That's like a. That's that's. Who's your bold fade here? Who's a my bold, bold fade, fade is gonna be Rafa Cabrera Bello in this oh, range. Of wow, that's super bold. When's the last time we saw him on the PGA Tour? That's how, way how more bold than Cam Champ, who nobody nobody he hasn't even... played on tour since November. You have no idea, and that was that was the WGC HSBC. Like, when's I don't I... care. He's still like a much bigger name that will probably be higher owned than somebody like Cam Champ, who hasn't been, you know, higher than like eight percent owned in the last ten weeks. 
Okay. Anyway, here's here's why I'm since paying, you're so paying. good at this. Why don't you proje- project ownership on both of those players? I would like to know how closely you think both will be. How close I bet will Cam be? Champ will be about six six percent owned. Okay. And, and I bet you Rafa Cabrera Bello, based off good history here, he's finished. Um, let's see. Top 15s in his last two starts. A guy with a okay. bigger name, a much bigger name as far as worldwide, and a, a player that's shown that he can play more or play better than Cam Champ from a consistent basis. I bet you Rafa Cabrera Bella is like mm, 11 or 12 percent owned. A whopping five to six percent difference. Okay, um, maybe even more than that. I think that's actually bold, being a little a bit bold conservative. Fade. Okay, okay. But here's the thing with Cabrera Bello. I I'm mean, gonna write that at, down. Bold fade, bold fade for Pat. he is okay. he is uh, coming off three straight weeks, including playing last week at Saudi Arabia, playing over overseas, and then flying over here. So this is where I do think it makes a difference. Three straight weeks overseas. And now he's coming here, and he's going to try to play well. Now, he does have a good history here. He's finished in the top 15 two years in a row. Um, I mean, so I think that that – actually, no, he hasn't. I'm looking at a different player. <laughs> he's finished in the top 25 two years in a row. Anyway, okay. um, so he will be my fade this week. My cash play has had one. I like him in GPPs as well, so I'm totally with you there. Um, I also like Alex Noren at eighty seven hundred. I've been on him all year. Um, I, don't mind that play. I just yep. think he's a guy that's. Um, it's just you know everybody's looking at last year. He had a bad year, but I think I think old Noren. Um, you know he was top fifteen at the Amex just a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, I think this is uh, you know you look at strokes gained around the green. He's fourth in the field. He's eighth in the field in par five scoring. I like Alex Noren at eighty seven hundred as well. Was that all the picks we needed? Because I like Kiz yeah. as well. I think Kiz is a good play this week. Plays okay. his course pretty good. Is 13th in the field in uh, putting on POA. And, you know, these short course events, I just, I'm all about some Kiz. He, he also is playing with Charles Kelly, um, and he enjoys playing with Charles. They're, they're good They're good. Do you friends, think he actually sneaks so some drinks and stuff while he plays with Charles Kelly? I'm sure he does. Um, Josh just reminded me not to say Lonto Griffin. I promise you, Josh, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I do want to talk about another player here in this range because already on Monday, and I know you pick on me because I'm on the Twitter verse all the time, but I've already seen his name thrown around a little bit, um, and I don't. I, I want to. I want to caution our our listeners, and that is Kurt Kitayama. Um, I I understand that. You know, Kurt is ranked in the World Golf Rankings maybe higher than some of the folks below him or maybe even a couple of them above him. Um, but this is a, ca- a cautionary tale as old as time, and that is the evaluating the level of competition these guys are beating or playing against on a week-to-week basis to me is very important. And I don't care if you want you – know, I'm not being like a nationalist here or whatever you call someone who – thinks that their country is the best. Nationalists. Are we starting to get political? I'm just saying, like, there is a very big difference in a PGA Tour caliber event, even a weak field, and a European Tour event, or an Asian Tour event, or 
whatever. There's just a big difference. Not that there are not good players, world-class players in those, but the depth is so different. The depth is so, so, so different. And I think when you're looking at a player like this, it's very easy to get caught up in it. But when you look back, now, he may make a fool out of me here, okay? He may make a fool out of me this week. But when you look at his record, Kurt Kitayama, okay, uh, he he did play well. He did play well recently, a European Tour event. Uh, he played at the uh, Dubai Desert Classic and uh, finished sixth. Wow, that's very good. He finished sixth. Um, before that, in Abu Dhabi, he finished 34th, okay? Um, so he's making cuts. He's, you know, against a European Tour event. That's good. I mean, you got to do that. But his WGC HSBC appearance, uh, which is his first WGC event he ever played in, he finished 28th. That's not terrible. Out of, like, I think there's, like, 70 people in the field. Not bad. Uh, before that, he played in the Shriners, and he missed the cut. Before that, he did get a chance to play the Open Championship, missed the cut. Before that, he did get into the PGA, finished 64th. Before that, in 2017, he actually played a few tour events. He missed the cut at the Safeway. I mean, like, let's let's make sure we're comparing apples to apples here. And for me, if you're going to put him at $8,000 and he's priced above guys that play very regularly on the PGA Tour and they may drive you crazy and they may be inconsistent, I think nine times out of ten I'd rather take, you know, Kevin Na or... Scott Stallings or freaking Patrick Rogers who drives me crazy or you know Scott Piercy, JB Holmes, Tom Hoagie, right below like all guys who play regularly make their cheddar on the PGA Tour playing against the best guys in golf in the world. I think that's important. So at $8,000 I I just think it's a, it's it's it may feel exciting but I I don't think you do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, just I agree. To get it. I agree with you. I mean, here's the, you know, you and I have had a lot of conversations too, like just with Corn Fairy Tour guys that they talk about, you know, we, I think we, you know, when we were back here in Savannah for the, the web.com or Corn Fairy, whatever it was event, we were talking with some players and they said that, you know, they thought that even that tour was better than, from, from top to bottom, better than the European tour. So just that in itself tells you, as far as talent is concerned, tells you, you know, the difference between, you know, what Kitayama might be playing on versus what these other guys are playing on week in and week out. So I agree. Yeah. I think it's a good good point to make. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you there. Okay. All right, let's get to the 7K range. This is definitely a little more – this is tougher to nail down um, really where you want to go. And I got to be honest, like between the 7K and 6K range, I'm going to be doing a lot of studying between now and then. Going to try and do some digging uh, because I think come Wednesday night in the Nut Hut, uh, I'm going to need to make some calls and some decisions, especially before I start building lineups or placing bets. But I do think my DB's betting card uh, in the Chalk Bomb email on Wednesday is going to have a good bit of these boys. Like we mentioned, long shot guys can play here. I think there's a lot of potential here. Um, and I think I think tournaments in DFS are going to be won in this range, in this 7K, 6K range. You're going to have to make some tough decisions so um, this is a really tough spot. Pat, uh, why don't we do this? Why don't you name one tournament play, and then I'll name a tournament play. We'll go back and forth. We're going to give you three GPP plays, one cash play, and two fades in the 7K range. All right, so I'll start, and I'll start in the middle here with a guy that you just mentioned is a, you just is a frustrating guy. He's hard to get. 
but uh, or to get right, but that's Patrick Rogers at seventy four hundred. I was about to say if you were going to say Lonto Griffin, I was about to end the whole thing. We were about no, to. No, I down. think I'm I'm out of I'm out okay. on Lonto for right now until he shows me a little something. But God. Patrick Rogers is showing me something. You look at his last four events; he's made the cut. T thirty eight at the Sony, uh, you know, T sixty four at the Amex wasn't that great. But then top ten at the Farmers in a very on a very difficult course in a tough field, and then a top sixteen finish last week where he gained seventeen strokes, or he's gained seventeen strokes on the field over his last four events. I mentioned Patrick Rogers. Um, I think I tweeted out maybe Wednesday night. I thought I, I, he was. I thought he might be a good first round leader bet, and he he. He kind of he started you know doing okay for me at the, at the beginning, but didn't didn't come through. But those are tough to hit. But um, you know this course he he missed the cut last year, but this is a last year was a bad year for Patrick Rogers. I think he's playing a lot better, and he was T eight here in two thousand and eighteen. So I think I think Patrick Rogers is a, is a good tournament play this week. Um, you know, he's not going to check a whole lot of boxes for you as far as the okay. stats are concerned at all. Other than par-5 scoring, he rips up the par-5s, and that's what he's going to have to do this week again to be up there. Um, but I do like some Patrick Rogers at 7,400. So he is my first tournament play since we're going back and forth. There you go. And if you had I, him as a tournament play, you just like cross him out and we go to the next thing. So. I definitely did not. Um, okay, in fact, good. he may... He may come up in the uh, DraftKings TJ After Dark episode here in a little bit. Um, all right, I'm going to start with my favorite play in the 7K range based on value um, on upside, and that is a guy who just finished eighth at the Waste Management, had a great week at the Waste Management, Adam Long at $7,300. Really liking what he did this past week at the Waste Management. He checks the box in POA. In fact, POA is his best putting surface. Um, he won a Pro-Am event last year at the Amex, so, I mean, must not bother him too bad. And he's got a pretty good ball striking record here at Pebble Beach in the limited attempts he does have. His iron play right now is very, very solid, uh, and I love the value at 7,300. I, I really, really like it. Long will very likely make my, my betting card as well. He is at 125-1. to 1. Big fan How of Adam Long. How does he show up on that on that? That stat you just threw out when he missed the cut last year. What stat? What What did you just say? He shows up on ball striking at, Pebble, at this event. Yeah, only only at Pebble. So only at the Pebble. ball striking so stat I evaluated. So he sucked just on the other courses because those he, don't. He didn't take advantage. Shot link yeah. doesn't doesn't have we don't have the, the stats on the other courses. So. Correct, but but that could have been a. I mean, that could have been a. He could have gotten the raw end of a wave or weather you know i don't know but all i know is right now too his irons are dialed in he's putting well i think that value is tremendous he's already a proven pga tour winner at a pro-am event um i don't know i just think it's a really good value in fact he is one i'm willing to play in cash he is also my cash play in this range so i like me some adam long all right you're next all right my next tournament play is um I'm gonna go Sun Kang, seventy-three hundred. You've been on, you've been riding the Kang train a little. I've been bit, riding right? the Kang train. I've I mean, been a big, yeah. I've been a big fan of his lately, and you know he's been playing well. I think this is a good course for him. You look at his, um, you know he's he's actually uh, well. Let's just he look at his well. last few events. Was T fifty-two last week? T sixteen at the Farmers had a top twenty-five. He's a California guy. Yeah, I mean he's he's. I just think that this is just a good 
solid course for him. He's played it three times. He was T17 in 2016. He did miss a cut in 17, but was top 15 last year. Um, so I think Sun Kang is a, is a good play this week. Um, you know, he's 14th in par 5 scoring. He's 8th in ball striking in the field. Uh, so I, I like some Sun Kang at 7,300. So he will be a tournament play for me. There you go. I like that play. Um, I'm going to skip down. I'm going to skip around a little bit. Another favorite play uh, in, in this range for me is all the way at the bottom, um, and that's Cam Tringali, who missed the cut just this past week, the waste management. I think uh, I was a little surprised to see that, but his best putting I surface I like some Tringali. Far, I like this play. I like this play. Okay. His best putting surface by far against all three is Poa. Um, you know, last week he's on he's on he's on Bermuda at the waste management. He lost two and a half strokes with the putter. He hasn't lost two and a half strokes with the putter in a while, um, and so he trunk slams, which okay. But tremendous ball striker, uh, really good iron player. Checks the box there. Uh, I mean, like seventh in the field in strokes gained approach recently. Uh, and I, again, I love the value at seven K. I like it. He's also one hundred and seventy five to one on my bookie. So I'm trying to give you some guys that, you know, 7,000, 7,300 with long, like some guys that you can work in with, uh, you know, with the studs up top. Like you mentioned Cantlay, I mentioned Day, Snedeker. So if you're paying up up top, you know, you're going to need some of these guys. So I tried to get into that lower range. So Tringali for me. All right, my third guy, I'm kind of cheating a little bit here because I, I could go two ways here I, 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 as far as cash versus GPP, but that's going to be Scott Piercy at 7,800. Uh, you look at his last three times playing here, he's top 10 last year, T20 in 2018, T55 uh, the year before that. Checks the box and strokes gained approach, also in opportunities gained, so he's given himself some chances to make some birdies. I like Scott Piercy at 7,800. The other guy, though, I was going to mention that I was kind of teetering between with Scott Stallings, but he's just a course horse here. I mean, he doesn't always check the boxes for the stats, but the guy has just been unreal on this course. So I think you could look at Scott Stallings as well, either cash or GPP. But between the two, I'm going to go with some Piercy here. I think that, you know, we saw him play well last week with a T6 finish at the Waste Management. Um, just a guy that I think plays well on courses like this that we're going to get all three that we're going to get this week. I think that uh, he's just super solid. So I will go with Piercy as my third GPP play in this category. All right. Um, yeah, I, there's a handful of guys in here that I, that I like that we're not going to get to because we're going to try to stick to three. Um, but one that I think is going to give you a little bit of ownership leverage again at 7,300 is Nick Watney. Uh, Watney's got a great record here. He's always been a West Coast guy, despite not being a great putter um, on on POA. Uh, he actually loses strokes in every putting category, so he, he normally doesn't do his damage with putting, but he's a great ball striker, and it shows here. Uh, his With all the rounds he's played at Pebble, which is a lot, uh, he is eighth in this field in ball striking at Pebble um, over over the last 24 rounds at Pebble. So he's he's there. Uh, did miss the cut his last time out of the Farmers, but before that, a 29th at the Amex. I think Watney's an interesting play. He's never going to be above like a 5% guy or 6% guy. You know, he's always going to give you some leverage. So I think that's an interesting play. Uh, so my three tournament plays would be Long, Tringali, and Watney, um, all on the lower end of that 7K range, trying to give you some some uh, some salary relief there in DFS. Watney's also 110 to 1 on my bookie. I'm interested in all three of those guys potentially in the betting card. 
Uh, my fades, uh, I wrote down two fades here. My first fade at $7,400 is Mr. Patrick Rogers. Um, did not, does not have a great record here in terms of ball striking here, both at Pebble and at Monterey Peninsula. Like, absolutely terrible if you look at the ball striking side of it. Um, he does putt better on POA than a lot of surfaces, but I That's just... one of his I best see... surfaces. He's 33rd it, it in is, the field. It in is. I, I see that, yep. Um, but we also know, like, like, not that he doesn't do well on shorter courses, but, I mean, Rodgers is a long hitter, so you're taking that out of his hand a little bit here. Um, and he definitely has never hit his irons well. So when you're making him hit more iron shots and be more precise... Um, I think I'll take the fade here. And then finally, I was going to, you know, I mean, you may think this is not a bold call, but a guy who's got a really great record here uh, is Jimmy Walker. But I I will go ahead and, and, and gladly fade him. Not, not that you're going to get any ownership leverage because he's, he's very likely not going to be high-owned, but um, just sucks off the tee, very unpredictable, Um you know, really no good finishes to speak of outside of the 30th place at the Farmers a couple of weeks ago. But he gained, he gained almost three strokes with the flat stick. Hasn't done that since June of last year, uh, and before that, hasn't done it since January of last year. So, um, you know, the the putter pot for for Jimmy Walker. I'm sure he probably he's probably comfortable here, but I think I'll pass on uh, on J Dub. And I, I just brought him up just because he does have a record here. He's a former winner. You know, for all the course history buffs that may be looking at Jimmy Walker, I think I'll pass. All right, so real quickly for me, my fades are going to be. I'm going to go with a guy who's had a hot hand lately, and uh, I guess I'm. I like to. I'm just. I like to throw myself out there more than anybody else, and it's going to be JB Holmes at 7,900. I mean, everybody, you know, JB Holmes. Loving some JB lately. Uh, he has missed a cut here the last two years that he's played here. Um, obviously, the the you know you look at the recent form. It's on courses where his bombing can definitely help him out, but I don't think you're going to see that this year. So, uh, or I mean, it doesn't matter as much this week. So, I think JB is a fade at 7900. I think his ownership is going to be a little bit too high. So I will fade him. And then another guy who is a course horse that I like. I like some Kevin Strillman. But I'm going to fade him this week. I'm just, I don't like him. At, I just, not been playing well. Not, not, not been, been playing well. He's, he's yeah. made four of his last 11 cuts. Uh, so and the, and the guy has been fantastic on this course. I mean, you look at the last four rounds or four tournaments here. He's T7 last year, 6 and 18. T14 and 17, T17 in 2016. So I know, look, I know he's got a great history here, but I just haven't liked how he's played lately. He's not checking any boxes for me as far as the stats are concerned. So I am going to fade some Kevin Strillman at 7,400. So there you go. All right, 6K range. Uh, a lot of names here, too, that we're going to have to narrow down. Um, but uh, a few that I think are interesting. I think your chalky play in the 6K range, but I, I still like him. I like the way he's playing. I like the upside. Is Doc Redman? Um, really like him on the betting market. He's 250 to one on my bookie. If you can find a you know top five each way on him or something, I think that would be even better. Another play that I really uh, now Doc Redman's is 6700 on DraftKings. Um, another really solid player that that we saw pop just a couple weeks ago is Tyler McCumber. 
who we we met at the uh, the corn fairy event. Oh! Yep, yep. This is um, this is a sec- this 20- is the second time in a row, or not the second time in a row. The second time this year, you and I both had a six thousand guy that we liked. Matt Naismith that, was the one Matt that Naismith, we had, yeah. and now it's Tyler McCumber is the other one uh, that we have both agreed on. I mean, he's playing great. I mean, we saw him at the Farmers. I mean, he, he freaking beat Tiger the day he got paired with Tiger. He's a tremendous putter. The ball striking has been very solid since he uh, really since one he of came the top on. scores, by the way, on the the web.com slash Corn Fairy Tour last year. Yeah, so. um, and he's McCumber. And you gotta love the McCumber family on the short course. Of course you do. Yeah, yeah. The McCumber family. I didn't know even who that was, but yeah. Uh, I think Redmond and McCumber give you a lot of salary relief. I like that. Um, Brian Stewart up at the top um, is interesting just because he checks so many boxes. I, I it's it's crazy, but he does. Um, Even though he checks a lot of like boxes, three cuts in a row. But huh? Happening? What? Nothing. What'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> I was talking. No, Brian Stewart is not. He's he's almost, but he's not. Uh, he just. <laughs> I don't know. Like he he he's got he strikes the ball well here at Pebble. Uh, he he's been bad because he can't get the putter straight. Um, the ball striking hasn't been awful, but he just can't get the putter right. So if the putter comes around, Stewart's interesting at uh, at sixty nine hundred. I'm gonna go back to the well with our friend Sebastian Kaplan at sixty seven hundred. Uh, he's two hundred to one. Loves an event like this that he can be aggressive, that he can go out and score and go low. He talked about that in the podcast that we we had him on. Um, he's a, he can score on par fives with the best of them. He's coming off of a miscut at the Waste Management, but before that, a 21st at the Farmers, a 6th at the Amex. His best putting surface by far has been POA. So, you know, last week he had Bermuda. He missed the cut. The weeks before that, he's doing pretty good. So um, I, I think Seabass is an interesting one. And then finally, I just can't – it's really – I know, man, it's so dirt cheap. At sixty four hundred dollars, but Siwoo Kim. I know he shot like an eighty seven a couple weeks ago at the at the. <laughs> what did he do it? That's um, scary. But, I mean, he won the damn Players Championship. Like, at any given moment, I just at sixty four hundred. Like, I, I would just have him if if you were like mass entering contests in DFS. You know. If you put him in six percent of your lineups, you'll be double the field at be- like at the worst. So I don't know. Siwoo is just I, to see that name down there. I don't know how long we're gonna be suckers for the fact that he won the players, and it just seems tempting to put him in when he's that cheap. Um, and you and you want to talk about upside, but at least for now, I'm still tempted. So there you go. And he finished fourth last year at Pebble. He did finish fourth last yeah. year. Something to think. Something to think about. Oh, something that to think scares about. me. And you yeah. make fun of me for a lot of my plays, and, I, and you're and, throwing out Kim. Well, and and before he played Pebble last year, he missed the cut at the Waste Management. Um, now he was definitely in better long-term form before that. Uh, as right now, he is not. But I, I'm telling you, Siwoo at 64 is very enticing, and. 275 to 1. Talk about an each way bet. Like, you find yourself an each way on Siwoo at 275 to 1. All right, I'm done. A lot of people listening right now in their cars on their way to work in the morning just either threw up in their coffee or 
for some reason they uh. had an epiphany and think that you're the smartest man alive. But anyway, um, so I will go down, and I, Tyler McCumber was one that I had. I only had two right here, and Tyler McCumber was one. The other one um, up at 6,900 that I like is Brandon Wu. Um, all right, so this is another. This is a this is a young, I like that kind play. of rookie on tour. I don't know if he, you know, he's, he hasn't played all the tournaments we've seen, like Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa and all those guys. But this dude is a solid player. I mean, he yep. played. By the way, thirty fifth in the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. This guy just played fantastic. California kid, I think. He yep. is only. He's played. I want to say, let me look at it for sure. He has played five tour events, uh, four of those since the U.S. Open, which was his first one that I see here, which he finished 31st. He did 35th. He did miss a cut at the Open Championship, the British Open. Don't call it the British Open. Not, it's not the British Open, Pat. Anyway, just kidding. The Open Championship, he was a uh, missed cut, but he was 17th at the Houston Open. The OHL, he got in. He finished 55th, made the cut there. Made the cut at the Farmers just a few weeks ago with a 55th place finish there. Um, so I think Brandon Wu could uh, be an interesting play this week at 6,900. I, like I like that call. Mm-hmm. So I like it. A little, yeah, just throw him in a, throw him in a lineup. Definitely tournament play. Don't be putting him in cash. Yeah. There you go. That's all I got. Okay. Love it, Pat. Love it. Let's uh, let's talk about the players' championship. We got some we got some news for the players, and it's not just the skybox news. Um, let, let's first talk about the skybox, Pat. If you are interested in having a ticket on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday to the players' championship and sitting in a skybox on number seventeen, the Island Green, in the air conditioning, which from personal experience we can tell you. Is very important. It's hot as balls out there. It is um, awesome, if, by the way. If you would like to sit up there in the air conditioning and get uh, all the alcohol you want and all the food that you want, um, you can you can do that. We have a hookup. So if you're interested in that, now listen. There's been a lot of confusion. It is not free, and this is not a contest. <laughs> I mean, this come is on. just this is just we have a hookup, and it is we know what these tickets cost because we've done it for two years in a row. This is a very good deal, and it's $795 per person per day, okay? We have a very limited amount left, and you can get one for just yourself or you and a couple buddies, however you want to do it. You pick the day, um, and you can sit up in the skybox and really enjoy yourself. You can gamble like crazy. That's what we like to do is bet on who hits the green, closest to the pin, first caddy to get to the green, first guy to stand up out of his chair below you let look there's a peasant just laying on the grass or whatever it is it's a lot of fun but it's 795 bucks a ticket if you are seriously interested email us info at tourjunkies.com info at tourjunkies.com email us that you are interested you better hurry up this is our very last week that we're able to offer this after that no mas um also pat i feel like we should tell people our big players championship news do you want to you want to you want to break the news there i'm excited about it i think we should tell them yeah. It's a big um, deal for the DFS community. It is a big deal for the DFS community. We have been uh, granted access as official media members uh, to the event, to the Players' Championship, which we've we've gone at. Now, look, 
We've gone to tournaments before as media members, the RSM Classic being the most recent one back in the fall. We went to the web.com event in Savannah, which is obviously my hometown, and it was right in my neighborhood and blah, blah, blah. But this is huge. I mean, the Players' Championship is probably the biggest event that the tour runs all year long. It is. Okay? It is the, it, biggest, it is the biggest event. And so we've been granted access, so we are going to be there Tuesday and Wednesday getting you all the information. Uh, I'm trying right now just to think about conjuring up the nerve to ask, like to be sitting in the press room when Tiger's in there and to ask Tiger a question. Like I feel like that would be the, the best content that we could yeah. get. Would you have but, a boner while you do it? No, I would not, but I think it would be fantastic. <laughs> maybe like content. a little roll of quarters in there somewhere. Maybe, maybe it might perk up just a little bit. <laughs> um, but I can't wait to be there for the tournament Tuesday and Wednesday, yeah. and then we'll obviously be there probably on the weekend. But I, I think that it's it's a great thing for us, uh, for the DFS community. I don't know if who else is going to be there, but I feel like we'll probably be one of the few. Um, so it's pretty exciting and. Um, yeah, well, a lot of hard work has gone into that, but also, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's nice that you know give credit to the tour for being a little more open to to what we're, you know, the value and and what we're throwing out there because I think they've all they they figured out that yeah there's some value to what we're doing. Yeah, and obviously we will be in the Nut Hut on Wednesday evening and uh, late into the evening trying to give you all the information we can give you that we gather. Um, it is a big deal because, yes, it is the biggest event that the tour puts on. Um, and you know what? It, it just goes to show that the DraftKings PGA Tour relationship means a lot. It's, it's a good step in the right direction. Uh, we have been turned down for years um, for media access because of the DraftKings deal, like they they would literally cite the DraftKings. Uh, oh, they wouldn't even slant. they wouldn't even give us a chance. They just like yeah, they even, cited a, a you yeah. know a, a quick phrase of yeah. gambling fantasy and then like f you. <laughs> yeah, so but, it is definitely reflective of an advancement in how the tour is approaching DFS and gambling in general. Um, so it's, it's a big, it's a big thing. That's why I want to share it with you guys, let you know it's exciting. We're pumped. Uh, it's going to be great for our listeners. Great for Nut Hut members on Wednesday night. Um, we won't reserve everything for the Nut Hut. We'll, we'll give out some other free advice, but we will definitely reserve the really good nuggets, uh, for the Nut Hut that week. Um, but it, it's just, it's exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun and it's an incredible precedent because, you know, if the tour approves us for their biggest event of the year, then why would they not approve us for anything else that we that, that, that we ask for? And again, it's just a breakthrough in DFS because there is no one currently that is a member of the media at a tour event that gives a rat's behind about DFS. So they're no, not asking the not. questions that you want asked. They're not um, talking to the players and, and, and evaluating the, the course and the conditions and the players the way that we want. Um, and so we're like, you know what, for the biggest event of the year, we're going to try to get there and make sure we can do it because old, old, uh, stick in the mud, you know, that freaking been asking the same dumbass questions for the last 30 years is going to be there and we'd rather do something different. So yeah, it's exciting. We want to provide you with some good information and that's going to happen this week. Um, all credit due to, um, look, DB, a lot of work you did. I think it was great. You had, you had, 
You're just you just you just did a good job, man. Just setting up the stage for us. Um, I give credit to myself um, for keeping you in check in the events that we did have media credentials to, because there were a lot of times that you wanted to break the rules, and I said no, no. <laughs> it's not time to break yeah. the rules. Do I want to yeah. do I want to walk inside the ropes with Joel Damon, even though I don't we don't have the particular credentials because of media <laughs> access? No, yeah. yeah, I did. I wanted to walk inside the ropes with Joel Damon. But I said, no, yeah. DB, I held you back. I said, even though Joel Damon is lifting the ropes to let us in, I said, no. <laughs> That's we how don't scared have, that was. We don't have that kind of access. We need to follow all the rules, and that's what we did. We followed the rules, and you know, I, I feel like what you just did there is you gave me that compliment as a as a just to set yourself up so that then you could give yourself a compliment. I don't feel like that was all I did. That genuine. Yeah, it's exactly what I yeah, did. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, moving right along, uh, let's uh, quick recap of the waste management before we go to just the tip. I mean, what an incredible finish with Webb and Tony. A heartbreaking <laughs> finish. Yet again, with Tony not being able to close the door, when I saw that seven footer on on the seventy second hole, slightly downhill sliding, I did not feel great about it. Um, Webb let his nuts hang and and sank a couple of bomb putts. Um, I mean, I thought that thing was done. I thought it was done on on sixteen. I thought it was done. Um, quite the finish. Uh, the perfect lineup in terms of DFS would have been Webb, Finau, Bubba, Nate Lashley, Scott Piercy, and Max Homa, who has really been turning on lately. You would have scored 656 points, and you would have spent all your dollars. $50,000 salary cap completely spent on DraftKings. Mm. That was your perfect lineup. Um, but it was it was a fun week. It was I love that tournament. You see a lot of comments that say, like, why doesn't every tournament – why isn't every tournament like this? Why don't every tournament have a 16? You know, like, it's that's probably not what you want. You know what I mean? It's like too much of a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's appreciate what you have with this tournament and yeah. then move on to the next one. Not every golf tournament is going to be like that. It's just, it's just, yeah. it would not probably the annoy the crap out of you if every tournament was like this. Like, and I will say, of I don't all think the, the players tour would like events, it either. To be honest. Yeah, of all the PJ Tour events year-round, the closest setting that you're going to get to 16 is 17 at Sawgrass. That's probably the closest setting you're going to get. We've been there two years in a row. That's the closest setting you're going to get. If you want to go to, but I mean, obviously the waste management is its own beast. Um, it, it's it's a cool yeah, but thing. you don't have I, people like yelling as they're hitting tee shots no, on 17. No. I mean, it, it's it's a great atmosphere, and there's a lot of there's. I mean, it's fun, but it's yeah. not. Like I haven't been in the waste management, but I've seen plenty of it where it's just yeah. it's totally different. So yeah. Um, um. Anyway, it was a good good event. Cool to see the the Kobe tributes, and uh, I thought the tour did something out of the box that was like spur of the moment and spontaneous with the twenty four on eight from the left pin location on cool, sixteen. Cool stuff. Oh, that yeah. was really cool to see. Like man, good on the tour because like that's I was uh, Paul Tesori said like that is not a normal. That is not a pin location we've ever seen. Um, so for the tour to get kind of outside the box there and do something different, I think speaks a lot because they don't really get out of the box other than you know uh, something like that very often. So that was cool to see. Obviously, Finau and his tributes to Kobe were, were awesome. Um, 
just gutted for him to to not pull that out, man. Yeah, absolutely gutted. I think he, he's gonna do it though. He's gonna do it. So, well, I was that, upset, of course, because I I had uh, I looked at him Friday night on my bookie, and he was twenty eight to one, and he was not well back, but I mean, you know, he played fantastic on Saturday. What was he nine or ten under? He got himself into yeah. the tournament to, into the lead. Um, and that's the cool thing I think about betting, by the way, on, on these events is, is like one of my favorite ways to bet on these events is looking at these guys on Friday night, maybe looking at these guys that are maybe five, six shots back, but they're in that 28 to 1, 35 to 1 range, and they might could go just go low on Saturday, and then uh, you never know what's going to happen. I think that's, I mean, I like I like your plays and the first round leader bets and all that kind of stuff, but I think looking Friday night at some of these guys is is kind of fun and i think you did it with webb and he was 16 to 1 um mm. which is not your favorite you don't like that short of odds but i mean you bet a little bit more maybe off. yeah <laughs> yeah you bet may, maybe like a you know a couple units two two three units on it and then go from there and it pays off so i think that that's kind of fun to do but um yeah it was disappointing yeah. for me because i had I had some units on phenol but that sucked but whatever yeah yeah, I agree, man. I mean, I, I, the live thing is, is fun to do. Um, and, uh, you know, it, sometimes that's, you know, it's a good way to hedge if you, if you, if you whiff on everything else pre-tournament and nobody, you don't yeah, really have sucking, any, any dogs in the you, hunt. Yeah, that's what, I, that's a, that's exact, that's a great point. Whenever I'm like, I don't have all six of six lineups, which is a lot. And then I'm, I'm like <laughs> totally out of it or I don't know if I'm going to have a good chance on my DraftKings lineups. I like looking at Friday night plays. I'm like, all right, at least give me something to root for on Sunday. Okay. Well, I had Byung-Hun Ann written up in the chalk bomb as a as a two-unit 66-to-1 spend. Um, so I did, have, I did have a dog in the hunt with On, and I, and I kind of felt like he could come around. Um, but I am glad that on Friday night we did the we did the – the, the Webb Simpson 16 to 1 hit just because it, it kind of helped me wash out the week. Um, yeah. And then Another I used that to, actually to turn pay around. attention to our, twi- our Twitter account. Yeah. And then we- I used that money and turned around and bet on um, my bookie had uh, would there be butt cleavage shown by JLo during the halftime show? And I hit the yes on that. Fantastic. That out. Great bet. Um, so, yeah, I won, I won some money in the Super Bowl. Anyway. There you go. Um, people are asking what what bookie do we use? We use mybookie.ag. I don't even know why. You know what are you doing? Mybookie.ag. That's where we go. Promo code Tour Junkies gets you a fifty percent deposit bonus right now if you use it. And we've got our Masters contest. So right now, update on the Masters contest. There are three entries into our Masters contest that qualified all two weeks ago. No one got an entry for the waste management or last week. Um, all three entries came from the farmers. They hit Mark Leishman bets to, to make entries. But here's how you do it. We are giving away $500 in Masters swag. We will go to the Augusta National Pro Shop, shop for you, spend $500 on your behalf, and ship it to your door. And here's how you got to do it. You either have to have already signed up for MyBookie through our promo code, or if you haven't, you go ahead and do it. You deposit at least $50 into that account. And then for every bet that you hit between now and the week before Masters that you hit over 20 to 1, minimum $5 bet, $5 bet minimum, uh, you get an entry. Send us a screenshot when that bet hits. You get an entry into the Masters contest. Like I said, so far, 
three entries. That's it. So, it's, it, you know, if you hit, you got a good chance. Three entries right now. So head over to mybookie.ag, promo code Tour Junkies. That's how you do it. Pat, let's button this bad boy up with our segment tonight, Just the Tip. Just the Tip. We should have, like, a song for that. Well, we have a graphic, but um, we do, Pat. You you should pay attention. Um, all right, Just the Tip is a segment where me and Pat give you guys a tip on DFS or betting. Tonight, we're going to focus on Fantasy National because we've used Fantasy National for years. There's obviously a lot of features that Fantasy National has, but there are also a lot of things that are that are little intricacies, things that you could be aware of if you've used it before, but a lot of things that maybe you're not quite aware of that you can do at Fantasy National so we thought we would talk through a couple of the things that we really like about Fantasy National in terms of little tips to use um, uh, and things that you may not be aware of. So, Pat, I will let you kick it off. I'll button it up, and we'll get out of here. All right, so I'm going to start with a couple things here. Um, so the first thing I really like to do, and that is um, click them on the actual player themselves. So everybody wants to break down stats and you know, go last 24 rounds, last 34, whatever it is, 36, 100 rounds, whatever, and then you get stats, and it does give you some good recent stats and recent form and things like that, but click on the actual player, and then you get more, you get a better breakdown, you get, um, you know, how they putt on a specific surface, you know, versus, you know, like Bent, Bermuda, Poa, that kind of stuff, and I think that's important, like, you look, like, I'm pulling up Patrick Rogers, who you don't like this week, um, one of the things, the first thing that pops up is his ownership over his last five tournaments where he was 2.1% owned at the Waste Management, 1% at the Farmers, so very low owned over the last four or five tournaments that he's played on. I like to see that. I like to see where is he, where is his ownership over his last five weeks or so. So I think that's important. Then you get to go, you can drill down further and see what his strokes gain stats look like, you know, off the tee, approach, everything, you know, he gets putting, you, know, you look at his last four events, his putting has been fantastic, and that's what's been really been, you know, kind of been great for him. Um, so I think it's just like if you just click on the player and you can drill down and you can go all the way back. Like, I mean, for Patrick Rogers, it goes back to 2012. You can look at events and things like that and how he's done strokes gain stats. So just don't, don't like overlook actually clicking on that player's name and getting some individual stats there. The other one I want to talk about is wind, okay? So, DB, I know you like to play, you like to talk about wind players, guys that are good in the wind. All right, um, sometimes I don't even know what that means. But damn if Fantasy National doesn't have, doesn't have it figured out. And they can tell you, like, how guys do in, in windy conditions, okay? So you look at um, yes, Pebble Beach in, in, in general. Pebble Beach this week, we talked about it earlier on the podcast. I don't think it's going to be that windy. But if I want to look at it, you know, let's just say that it's predicting, you know, the, the weather is, is predicted to be kind of windy. What am I, you know, how am I going to look at my players, judge the stats and things like that? Well... Fantasy National does that. So if you look at like if they if you want to like throw in moderate wind conditions, that's ten to eighteen miles per hour according to Fantasy National. So ten to eighteen miles per hour. You go in there, you click that button. Where is it? Wind, moderate conditions, 
and then you can see how do your players that you're looking at in your it, like across the board, whether it's the entire field or in your pool, how do they feel? How do they do in wind conditions? In moderate wind conditions, that's 10 to 18 miles per hour. Okay, well let's talk about windy AF, which is what I love because that means windy as fuck. And windy as fuck means it's over 18 miles per hour. So if you're wondering, and if you're going to Fantasy National, like, what the hell does windy AF mean? Well, we know what AF means because I just said it very loudly. But it's 18 miles an hour and over. And how, you know, 18 plus. Those type conditions. If I want to know, if I'm looking at the course this week, and I look at the weather, and I see that the wind is going to be windy AF, meaning... 18 miles an hour plus. I'm going to throw that in the stat category here. I'm going to throw that. I'm going to check that box. And I'm going to see how these guys do in that. So there you go. It's a great thing to look at. Not There is like, no site in this world that could show you that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they get the measured rounds from the wind averages and they can you know accumulate all that and tell you who's really good in the wind and who's not i think it's i think it's a cool thing um daniel johnson on youtube asked a great question does fantasy national have stats on pat's picks when he's wearing a visor or not wearing a visor i think that would be i think that would be very interesting um i, I think that would be an interesting angle we'll, we'll send a note to moose and see if we can work that in uh i like that pat i like that I am going to talk about one feature that is new to Fantasy National that I kind of like here. N new over the last couple months. If you are into building lineups and using like optimizers, things like that, uh, for mass entry, contests, whatever, they have a new thing called player groupings on Fantasy National. So here's how you can apply it. A couple different ways I like to apply it. You can take four players. Let's say you take Jason Day, Brant Snedeker, Jordan Spieth, and Patrick Cantlay. For this week, you can take those four players at the top and go. All right, I want to generate a hundred lineups, and in a hundred lineups, I want at least and or only two of those guys, two of those four, to be in each lineup. Two of those four have to be in each lineup, and it will build your lineups for you and optimize them with that that uh, that arrangement. Go down to the bottom and go. All right, I'm going to be real disciplined. I'm going to pick two duds this week. I'm going to go with Adam Long and Tyler McCumber. And I want 50 lineups, and I want at least, or, or I, I want only one of those players in every single lineup. That would be foolish to do. Don't do that. But uh, let's just say you wanted to do that. You can run the optimizer, and it will build those lineups as such. If you want to say, hey, I, I want to build a, I want to build a really solid core of, you know, these four guys in the upper 7K and 8K range, and I want them in every single lineup, and I want 30 lineups. Um, it, it will do that for you. So the player groupings, I think, are pretty cool where you can just literally say, I want these these players, and I want to put these rules on how you build the lineups. I think that's a really cool new feature of the lineup builder. So um, Fantasy National, it's getting better and better by the minute. FantasyNational.com slash TJ is how you get the 20% off. And that is just the tip for improving your process over on Fantasy National. Pat, good show. My tequila glass is empty. We have DraftKings After Dark to go and record right now. Um, it's time to, to upload this bad boy and go refill the glass. And I'll see you on DraftKings' YouTube page for Tour Junkies After Dark. Sounds good, David.
Okay, buddy. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for watching on YouTube. We appreciate it. Don't forget, sign up for the Nut Hut. Uh, let us know if you're interested in the Players' Championship Skybox. We literally have, like, five of those left. And um, get in on that Masters contest for my bookie. May your screens be green for the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. DB here. <gasps> See ya!